0: I'm Wendy Parrish and you're listening to Messages from the Middle. This is episode number 25, You Are the Light, a message to the loved ones of those dealing with depression. Have you noticed that people don't usually share their struggles until they're over? It's not until they've defeated their dragon and marched victoriously home that they share their story. Well, I'm not one of those people. My name is Wendy Parrish, and I am in the middle of my story. From the middle, I've learned a few things, and I would like to bring you into my story. This is the good, the struggle, the light, the dark, and the lessons learned. This is Messages from the Middle. As I mentioned before, September is Suicide Awareness Month. Also, September 10th is National Suicide Prevention Day. And I put up a post on my stories that day, just talking about people that deal with suicidal ideation. And I mentioned, I just said that I love you and I see you. And then I proceeded to talk about those that don't deal with suicidal ideation and mentioned my podcast that I did previously, Your Story Isn't Finished, and said that it would be a great episode for people to listen to, to understand a little bit more about suicidal ideation. And after I did that post, it got me thinking that the people that I really wanted to talk to were people that are the caregivers, the family members, the friends, the partners, the spouses, the children, probably more adult children that are part of someone's life who is dealing with issues of mental illness, depression, anxiety, bipolar, schizophrenia, really any of it. But just from my own personal experience, that would be depression, anxiety, PTSD, and it just got me thinking a lot about those people that are in their lives and particularly those that are technically, I guess the word would be caregivers, though it's not quite the same as somebody who is bedridden and needing care. They are in a position where they are they need to be offering support to someone who is dealing with mental illness. I've been on both sides of this, actually, which is one of the reasons why I thought about it. I've been in a situation where I have needed to offer support and love to someone who's dealing with mental health issues. And obviously, if you've listened to any of this podcast, I have also been the person who's needed that support and love. And so today on the episode, I just wanted to talk a little bit about the things that you can do To help support someone who is dealing with depression and anxiety and and mental illness, and the things that you shouldn't do, and a lot of the shouldn'ts are kind of painful and a little bit hurtful. And a lot of times, when you read the things that you shouldn't do, you tend to think, "Oh, I—that's exactly what I did." There is no judgment, and if you've already done it, again, you can recover. People are overall forgiving. And if there's someone that loves you and you love them, if you've made some of those mistakes, and then you just proceed to correct them, they'll see that and appreciate it. So when I say the things you shouldn't do, don't beat yourself up if you've done them before, just keep it in mind for the future. The first thing that I want to say is it's worth taking some time to learn about depression about mental illness and understanding that it is a medical condition it is it does have to do with chemistry in the body and things that are happening physically in the body while there are thought processes and obviously you know things that need to be done to do with your thinking and your brain it is a physical issue that needs to be dealt with this is one of the reasons why i do believe in medication in situations because you need to manage the physical manifestations of the mental illness so you can then use the tools like therapy and exercise and meditation and all these other tools to manage that depression So getting educated on how you can support someone, getting educated on depression will help you better be able to support someone that you love as they go through their own issues with mental illness. It's also worth understanding that symptoms do range from mild to severe. And if someone has some of these symptoms for a short period of time, less than two weeks, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're dealing with depression. They may just be having a rough go of it. Sorry ladies, some hormonal imbalances, but if things have been lasting more than 2 weeks or an extended period of time, then you need to be deal- you need to be addressing the fact that you may be dealing with something more long term. Symptoms of depression can include things like feelings of sadness, worthlessness or guilt. Those are kind of the big ones. Loss of interest in things that they previously enjoyed. Changes in their appetite, or a big weight fluctuation, changes in sleeping habits. So you'll notice somebody either sleeping too much all the time or not sleeping at all. And a fatigue, loss of energy, just when your that brain chemistry brings you down, your energy levels are down, you just feel less able to function, which will lead to brain fog and an inability or difficulty to concentrate or make decisions and also thoughts of death or suicide. And I wanna warn you that in general, somebody's not gonna talk about that. They're not really gonna talk about it. And if they do, take it seriously, no matter what. Even if you think they're attention seeking, they're attention seeking because they are thinking about death or suicide. And they want to know that they matter. They want to know that you're thinking about them. They want to know that it is something that you would care about if they did it. So don't ever think that anyone is just saying it or trying to get attention. Yeah, they're trying to get attention. They're trying to get your attention. They're waving a bright red flag and they want you to notice and say something. But a lot of times, no one's gonna say anything because they feel a lot of shame and guilt and really negative feelings about it so they keep it to themselves. So you need to be watching for other symptoms, different things where you start to notice that they're in a place of hopelessness, where you start to notice that they aren't thinking about the future. They start giving things away. They start saying things like, well, I probably won't be around for that. Or, I don't know, I'm just trying to think, just paying attention to Verbiage, people will say things that lead you to believe that they have no hope for the future. One of the most important things that you can do for someone who is dealing, who is suffering from depression, is to listen and validate their feelings. And I know that might sound a little counterintuitive to some of you, especially those of you that really do look on the bright side. Like you really just feel that positive, I can see the good in this and I love you people and I think it's amazing, but it's kind of hurtful when you say, I just feel like things will never get better. And someone says something like, oh, cheer up, it'll get better. Things will be fine. It actually is better to say things like, it sounds like you're not very hopeful about the future. Really just finding a way to restate back to them what they said, not be like, yeah, things suck and everything's terrible, but just tell them you heard them by saying things back to them. If you're continually trying to cheer somebody up, it's not helpful. It actually just invalidates the condition and their feelings. So saying things like, tomorrow will be better, the sun will come up and try to cheer up. It just doesn't take into account the nature of their illness. It helps to ask them what they need from you, what you can do. And from my own perspective, I would say they'll probably say something like, I don't know, or nothing, or it's fine, I'm fine. They'll probably brush you off a little bit. So you may need to be a little bit proactive and do things to show them that you are there to help them and be there when they need it. You can remind them to take their medication. Now, when someone's acting a little sad or moody or upset, never, I repeat, never say, did you forget to take your medication? That I can't even. Oh, oh boy, the anger that that brings out, and that's not just me. We've I had conversations with groups where we talked about this and how it's just so hurtful when people say that. But for some people who've never taken medication or when they're really low, it's gonna be hard to remember. So maybe just like every morning, be like, "Oh hey, don't forget to take your medication next." They may need your help going to the doctor. They may need you to come to therapy appointments. They may need you to make sure that they eat and make sure that they eat healthy food that helps their brain to heal instead of just eating Skittles and potato chips. You may also need to encourage them in a, (laughs) I'm trying to think of how to put this, but to encourage people to socialize and to exercise. So without saying things like, well, you'd feel better if you just exercise. Why don't you just go outside and do something? Um, Just call a friend. Like that's kind of hurtful, but maybe like, hey, let's go out to so-and-so's house. We always have fun when we go there. Or I'll go for a walk with you. I'll go to the gym with you. Let's go to... A cycling class like find a way to encourage them to exercise because that will really help their mental health and sometimes they just need a hug and someone next to them and this is true on a physiological level when someone gives you a deep hug it actually calms the parasympathetic nervous system calms anxiety And sometimes it even just allows that release, that crying release that a depressed person needs. They can be so sad and yet never cry. And sometimes you just need that hug to allow the tears to flow and let that emotion move through your body. And on the flip side, they may need to be left alone sometimes to just re-energize and process. Pay attention to how often they are alone and how much they need to be, they ask to be left alone. There should be a limit on this. It shouldn't be all the time. And I understand that this is a tricky one. I know for myself, when I was in the caregiver position, I just felt like as much space and sleep as this person needed was okay and I didn't want to go in and irritate them or make them mad or frustrated, but there's a limit. And I think that you just need to pay attention. And if it's too much, maybe then you do do things like, hey, maybe you know, we go to the gym in the morning and then you can have the rest of the day to yourself. Just something like that. Just keep those things in mind. Helpful questions. Sometimes people like to say, how can I help and what can I do? I think the better thing to do would be something more like, would it be helpful if I made you dinner? Would it be helpful if I came and watch a movie with you? Would it be helpful if I took you to the gym? Give them an actual thing that they can pick, that they can say yes or no to. But if you say, what can I help with? Again, that indecision, brain fog and fatigue is going to lead to a, I don't know, I don't know what I need. So just offer suggestions and even just the tiniest little spark of dopamine will tell them yeah that's what I need I need you to come over we let's watch a movie and laugh let's make dinner together or yeah actually a healthy meal would be really helpful right now so make an offer and sometimes if they just say no and I don't know to everything you need to just show up show up with a loaf of bread, show up with a dinner, show up and say, Hey, I'm headed to the gym. Usually go to the nine o'clock class. Let's go. You may need to ask, say, would it be helpful if, or if they're just always saying no, but you can tell they're still really low. Just show up. I was on bed rest for two of my pregnancies, my last two pregnancies. And I learned an incredibly valuable lesson about service at that time. Because up until that moment, I was always asking people, what can I do to help? What can I do to help? And people generally tend to say, oh, I'm fine. We've got it. It's okay. And I learned from people who showed up at my house and did my dishes and showed up at my house with food and people that they literally just came and just started doing things that that's what you do. I had a friend who made a Costco run and while she was out on her Costco run, she bought an extra rotisserie chicken and some great, like a bunch of food and just stopped by my house on the way home and just left it. And as a bed rest mom with two little kids, three, I had three little kids at the time, that meant the world because all my kids had eaten to that point was cereal. I had another friend just show up and start sweeping my floor and doing my dishes and It was so beautiful and amazing. The service that I received during that time is just, I'm so grateful, it was beautiful. And I learned at that point, you no longer ask what you can do, you just do. Another thing you can do to support somebody, especially if you're in a partner spousal relationship, is to support them And encourage treatment. It causes people to lose motivation. It causes people to say things like therapy won't even work or any of the other treatments, meditation, whatever. Medication won't even work. So encourage treatment. Learn about treatment. Learn about genetic testing for medication. Learn about different types of therapy. Maybe do a little research on therapists and try to help them find the right therapist. And then help pay attention to things like their symptoms so that you can talk to the therapist because they may have a hard time. Share your concerns and thoughts. Say you're, Let them know that you're there to help and talk about treatment options, different lifestyle changes and modifications that you can help them with. Just encourage ways to help them get the treatment that they need. And another way to encourage treatment is to make the appointment on behalf of the person. But only if they request it. You don't want to be like, oh, I've noticed you've been kind of down. So I made you an appointment. They need to say something like, I'm really depressed. I probably should go see somebody. But then they're not really going to feel up to pulling the trigger and making that appointment. So you make the appointment and maybe even accompany them along the way. A big thing. And I've talked about this before, but a big thing to do when you're dealing with somebody who is dealing with mental health, and again, I'm kind of focusing on depression in this episode, but I feel like a lot of these fall into, you know, any mental illness, pretty much the same rules apply. Keep compassion and curiosity as your main tools as you go forward compassion, understanding, love, just you may not know what they're going through, so maybe we can take understanding out of that statement, but just compassion. It can be something like, and this it doesn't need to be said out loud, I don't understand what's happening, I don't know what's going on, but I love you and I feel for you and I can see how hard this is, so I'm here for you, whatever you need. And curiosity plays into that part where you just think, this isn't something I understand. This isn't something that I relate to. I wonder what it's like to be them. I wonder how that feels. That has to be pretty hard. I bet that's pretty painful. Because I've been sad before. And the thought of that sadness lasting for months and months, that seems pretty painful. So that curiosity is just going to help take away some ignorance and help you to get to compassion? There's questions you can ask. These are questions that are okay to ask somebody that is going through depression. Can you help me understand how you're feeling? What activities do you find enjoyable right now? And that may be something very small. Do you enjoy spending time with others? If they say yes and tell you some people that they like spending time with, See if you can help them get together with those people. You can ask about their energy level. You can ask about their sleep. You can ask about eating habits. Are you eating more or less than usual? You can ask, are you able to concentrate on things right now? And you can ask, do you have thoughts of death or suicide? Now, I'm not telling you that all of these are going to be answered but they are compassionate, loving questions that someone who is in depression will feel like they really do care. They really are wondering about me. The questions you want to avoid are, why can't you just cheer up? Don't I make you happy? And that one makes me cry because I remember feeling that way. I remember, again, when I was in a position of being a loved one of someone going through a severe depression and hearing statements like, there's just no joy in life. I'm trying to think of some of the other ones and just thinking, but what about us? What about me? Don't I make you happy? I didn't say it out loud, but I know that can be painful. And if you are a loved one of someone going through depression, I feel that for you and I know that it's hard and I can promise you your person does love you and the reason why they can't find that happiness has nothing to do with you there's no failing on your part there's nothing that you have done again if you are in that place of compassion and love there's nothing that you have done to create this depression now, I'm not saying there aren't circumstances where, you know, there's a partner, loved one who really does pull some pretty shady stuff and cause a lot of problems and then plummet somebody into depression. That is a situation that does exist. I am recording this episode with the caveat understanding that I am talking to sincere family, friends, friends partners, spouses, loved ones of people dealing with depression that really do want to help and that absolutely did nothing to cause these problems. More things shouldn't ask or say. Can't you understand that this is all in your head? And why are you making such a big deal about this? And this one's my favorite. You know, there's people that have it a lot worse than you. (laughs) And that one is hard because it doesn't help, it actually hurts. It puts the person into shame and guilt. You're right. I have this beautiful, amazing life, and I still feel this way. I really am a piece of dirt. So, just keeping in mind that a lot of these questions that may seem well intentioned are actually very hurtful. Don't you want to be happy? Uh, yeah. They, yeah, you do. Absolutely. But it feels impossible. And can't you just cheer up and, you know, turn that frown upside down? Whatever. It's, that's not what's going to help. What's going, well, there's so many, <laughs> there's so many moving factors of this. But what you can do, show up in ways that show that you are validating their feelings that you can see that what they're going through is real, you guys, it's real. It's as real as any other illness. It's real. It just happens to take place in your brain, which then shows up in your actions, your moods and all those other places. And so it's a lot harder to deal with. This is why there's been such a stigma on mental health for so long. It does appear like it's some sort of personality flaw because it shows up in your actions, the way you behave, your choices that you make, or even that there's something wrong with you. You're not smart because of the brain fog, the inability to concentrate and make decisions because your body is focusing all of its efforts on literally just keeping you breathing and alive because Every other system just feels so low and so down. So just remember to keep on loving, keep on hoping for them, keep on showing up for them and do whatever you can to help them. And if you are there and if they are wanting to get better, they're going to find and take the steps necessary to get better. And just knowing that someone is in their corner, one person, one spark, one little thing can make all the difference in the world for someone in depression. Sometimes it literally only takes the tiniest amount of light in the darkness to keep you moving forward and to keep you fighting. And you as the loved one can be that spark. It's such an important job. And I want to let you know that I see you and I love you for it. I am so blessed and so lucky to have such incredible people in my life who have been there for me and offered words of support. I am so grateful that I have a husband that I was able to go to and just lay it all out and tell him everything that I was thinking and feeling. And there's no question in my mind that there were times that it just hurt him, that it was so hard for him, but he showed up for me and he was there for me and he was willing and able and wanting to do whatever he could to help me get the help that I need. And you can be that person for the people in your life. And there may be some of you out there who are like me, who have been on both sides And in a lot of ways, this can be a blessing for you because if you've been through a depression and you're out of it, you can now see it and know what to do for other people. If you've helped somebody through their depression and then you find yourself in depression, then you can know that these people love you and care for you and are listening to you because you did that for somebody else. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate the time that you spend with me each week. If you have a moment, I would love it if you could go and leave a rating and review. And even more, also share this podcast with people. My mission is to get mental health and information about mental health out there to everyone, those that are suffering and those that aren't. Because if you're not suffering from depression, and from mental health issues, you know someone who is. I need you to know that you are loved and that you matter, no matter who you are or where you are in your story. Thank you so much and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for joining me in the middle of my story. My theme music is White Linen by Asher Child. He's my kid. You can find all of his amazing music on all streaming platforms. And you know, it just wouldn't be a podcast if I didn't ask you to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. But seriously, it would really mean so much to me if you did. Thank you so much and see you next time.